Tell me another story, Jim. Are you listening? Please pay attention. Hey everybody, Jim Spruill from Zuza Films here. You know, I spent decades as a creative director in advertising, and now, as you probably know, I direct videos for a living. Both of those jobs require people skills, creative chops, and the ability to present well. Throughout my career, I must have given, I don't know, 2,000 presentations. I've given them to coworkers, existing clients, potential clients, college students, school boards, farmers, millionaires, a governor or two, and even to a retired major general from the U.S. Air Force. And I'm proud to say that most of my presentations went really well, but there have been a handful that, for <laughs> whatever reason, just sucked. So in the interest of entertainment and education, I thought I'd talk about some of the really bad ones. When I was working for Austin Kelly Advertising, we got into some pretty cool new business pitches. And one of them was for a huge national dine-in restaurant chain. I won't say their name because they're still around. Anyway, we prepped for about three weeks and did piles of spec creative, and a few of us flew in for the pitch. When we got there, we found out that the pitch itself was in this cavernous ballroom at a hotel. The room could have easily hosted a wedding reception for 500 or 600 people. And yet, there we were, five people from Austin Kelly, maybe three from the restaurant's corporate office, and 12 franchisees. They had set up the presentation area in a U-shape with the tables and chairs with a small desk in the middle of the U and a big portable screen at the front of the U. The idea was that the presenter got into the middle of the setup and worked the room, or worked the U, I guess. The pitch spun out of control pretty much from the get-go. This was in the early days of presenting off a laptop, and ours was glitching out by slide number three. The account person was not much of an improv guy, so when the computer glitched out, he just kept going, um, um, um. He sounded like an old vinyl record stuck in a groove. I looked around at all the gathered franchisees and their varied reactions. One was giggling like a preteen. One was looking at his watch. One gave her best empathetic smile while nodding encouragement. She looked like a bobblehead on a bumpy road. One franchisee was sound asleep and snoring softly. I'm not kidding. Sound asleep. Maybe the gentle pattern of the A.E.'s um, um, um had put him under. Or maybe his rather large body was digesting the rather large lunch he'd no doubt had just devoured. Our meeting started at 1.30, which meant the entire group was just back from a gut-busting buffet at the hotel. So, with the ship going down in flames, I decided to jump into action. I stood up at my seat at the side of the U and said, Well, here's one. The owner of the agency, Austin Kelly, whipped his head in my direction and gave me a look of complete confusion. We had rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed, and I wasn't supposed to speak for at least another 20 minutes. But I thought to myself, well, a joke would be a great idea during this awkward moment. So I cleared my throat and threw out the opening line. A guy dies and goes to heaven. Well, at this point, Austin's expression went from confusion to complete and utter horror. My other teammates looked at me as if I'd just soiled myself. Even the AE in the middle of the U abruptly stopped his rhythmic umming. So I finished what I thought was a very funny joke to almost complete silence. And as I sat back down with Austin shaking his head at me, the only sound I heard was the gentle snoring of the sleeping franchisee as it echoed off the ballroom walls. And no, we did not win the business. Another presentation that went belly up was again with Austin Kelly Advertising. We had the opportunity to go after the Greenbrier Resort. 
It's a very exclusive, very genteel, very upscale property in West Virginia. Well, the day before the pitch, I did something that completely screwed my neck up. I couldn't move my head more than a quarter of an inch without having a mind-blowing muscle spasm in my neck and shoulders. The pain was unreal. I skipped the last agency rehearsal to go to my doctor, and he gave me a shot in the neck and heaping handfuls of muscle relaxers and painkillers. The flight to West Virginia was just agony. In spite of the medicine, my neck continued to cramp up as I sat in the middle seat of a sold-out flight. Even after more painkillers, muscle relaxers, and two bourbons from the mini bar, my neck issue kept me awake all night. The next morning, before I left my room to go to the presentation, I took another recommended dose of the painkillers and muscle relaxers and washed them down with three cups of coffee. I figured I needed some caffeine to keep my neurons firing through my sleep-deprived and prescription-soaked brain. I remember thinking, this must be what it feels like to be Keith Richards. Well, as you can imagine, I remember very little of my presentation. I am told that I presented the same print ad two times in a row, I answered one question by referencing an Alice Cooper lyric, and that I complimented them on their exquisite minibar selection. But I suggested they put larger bottles in rooms with a king-size bed. And apparently, I even threw out a line, a king-size bed deserves a king-size bottle, as a possible headline. Well, no shock that the Greenbrier chose an ultra-conservative ad agency as their partner, one whose creative director didn't look and sound like he was headed straight for rehab. And one last bad presentation memory. We did an anti-smoking campaign for a division of the government in our fine state of Georgia. It was a beautiful, powerful, and very emotional collection of work done by Duncan Stone and Scott Heidinger. Very expensive TV spots shot on the West Coast with a big-time director. Well, in the middle of cutting the spots, there was an election, and most of the state government did a partisan flip-flop. I really can't remember if it went from Republican to Democrat or vice versa, but either way, our client, because of their party affiliation, got the boot and we had a brand new client. So Duncan, Keith Sorrell, and I went to the Capitol to present the rough cuts to the two new clients. And as you know, when there's a change like that, the new folks automatically have to hate what the other guys did when they were in office. We were doomed, and it was obvious from the minute the new clients sat down. Keith Sorrell is a great AE, so he knew what to do. After the introductions, he started presenting the creative brief that we had done the work against. He was literally reading the first sentence, and the main new client, a really gruff individual who I'm sure found my hair offensive, said, nope, that's wrong, and cut Keith off. Same thing happened on the second sentence that Keith read, and the third. Finally, Keith suggested we just show the rough cuts, so we hit play. After we showed the three spots, Mr. Gruff said way louder than he needed to, Oh my God, that is the most depressing shit I have ever seen. Duncan, being the writer, said that the spots were all about how truly dangerous smoking really is and how these spots are really just personal stories reflecting that. Well, they just stared at Duncan like he smelled bad. So I chimed in that perhaps we could look at some different music that might raise the mood a bit. I was about to launch into a story about how we had done that in the past when new client number two, we'll just call her Ms. Angry, slammed her open palm down on the table and started wagging her finger at my face and actually screamed at us. You're not listening. This man knows more about politics than you'll ever know. He knows more about working under this dome than any of you ever will. If he says these spots won't run, then believe me, they will not ever run. Screaming. Oh my God, screaming at us. Then they scooped up their stuff and left me, Keith, and Duncan in a daze. 
We sat there quietly for a couple of minutes, and finally Duncan said, I don't know about you guys, but that was the worst f***ing meeting I've ever been in. Keith and I just nodded silently. At that point, I wished I still had a handful of the medicine from the Greenbrier pitch and some king-size bourbon. So what did I learn from these horrible presentations? A few things. First, not everyone has your sense of humor, so be careful when you throw out a joke during a presentation. One man's joke about the afterlife is another man's blasphemy. Second, if you're heavily medicated, it might be best to hand your part of the presentation off to a teammate. We can't all be like Mr. Richards. Third, you need to know when to just grab your stuff and head for the emergency exits. Otherwise, you might end up with some angry client wagging her finger inches from your face. You'll pray to be somewhere else, or at least have a sneeze guard. This is Jim Spruill, and this is Video in Audio. Thanks for listening, and check us out at zuzafilms.com. Tell me another story, Jim.